I mean, I think there's about 36 intelligent people on the planet, so. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Death is Everything. Uh, It's great to have you guys here uh, with me are Ian and Dan from Scatterbrain. Hi, guys. Hello. How you doing, Marianne? Thanks for having us on. <laughs> well, Janet's going to start becoming regular. Uh, I know, yeah. Well, yeah, I was like, at what point are we just going to merge into a um, Cronenberg of <laughs> podcasting right. madness? Scatterbrain death or something. Yeah, scatterdie. I don't know. Scatterdie. That's what I've been putting death, them as on my... Scatterbrain Insta. death pod. Or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, death pod. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Hmm. It has evil orca vibes. I like evil it. Evil orca. Ooh, again, oh my I gosh. like your shirt, I saw this man. totally unrelated, but it reminded me of it. I saw this one crazy cover, Ian. I meant to send you. It was this band where this, it was like this crazy Jaws looking guy. It was pretty gnarly. I thought you would like it. Let me see if I could. Jaws as called... in like Moonraker Jaws? Like Megalodon. Actually, that's what it's called, is Megalodon. Not like the I'm noticing your shirt, as Ian mentioned. Warbringer. Oh, they're great. Warbringer. So I need to listen yeah. to them. And apparently Slayer. Warbringer's from LA, yes. so you definitely have to listen to them. Okay. I'll get on that. I'll they're add it the, to my homework. <laughs> they're one of the kind of top tier metal bands nowadays. It'll be my fun homework. I'm yeah, still like noise. tripping about up uh, my accounting homework from this weekend was like madness. Oh yeah, how'd that go? We, well, there was a problem we couldn't solve, so tomorrow we have mm. class. I'll ask the professor. I'm like, why? What? Why can't mm. I solve? What was the problem? I'm a math genius, you know. Uh, I'll no, text it to you. Okay. <laughs> okay, if you can solve it, that would be interesting. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I give up. <laughs> I definitely won't be able to solve it. <laughs> Somehow there was, we calculated or Ian calculated the, uh, Oh yeah, I did do that. Probability of, of the number of, what was it Ian? You, you defined the, the it. You number, it closed, the number but... of intelligent civilizations in our galaxy. I calculated it to about 30. Um, oh, like, like a... as a fact, like, like there's so many, the numbers are so large that it is basically a fact without needing actual proof that there's at least 30 intelligent civilizations in our galaxy. Cause it's just so vast. Right. In our and galaxy, then, mm-hmm. and then like a week later, there was um, there was an article that was written by the, the like the, the Planetary Science Foundation or something on the East Coast, you know, where they, they do the math on this stuff, and uh, and with NASA, they calculated they think that there are like thirty six um, uh, intelligent civilizations, you know, sentient beings in our galaxy, and I was very proud of myself because I got the number. Wow, very that's close. really close. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> it was almost <laughs> like despite his best many. effort. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot, right? That seems low to me, but that, low. Yeah, yeah that mean, seems low because a hundred thousand light years across—that's pretty big. I mean, I think there's about thirty-six intelligent people on the planet. So, <laughs> oh, oh, you're too, you're too kind to humanity. <laughs> Watch out! I'm not going to. It's not going to be able to fit to the door next time I see him. Way too, way, way too kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. um so yeah, so today we're supposed to talk about the cult of the dead. Um, what do you guys know? I know I sprung this on you sort of abruptly. Um, I saw you... Naples. Okay, okay, yes, it's in Naples, Italy. 
Okay, so that's all I know. What else you got? Okay, Dan? So I, I did a little bit, but not much either. And what it seems like is almost like uh, in reference to the people that subscribe to the idea that they can pray Excellent. and uh, on the behalf of dead people in purgatory. And in exchange, they can sort of make requests. And that's kind of as far as I got. I read a little bit of a yeah. timeline talking about different guys determining what happened when you died and what indulgences you could be afforded. So you could see how it sort of evolved over time and into this thing where people subscribe to that belief where okay. they go and they make this trip to these, these things and regularly make offerings and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. So um, I did a, little bit more research. I've obviously like seen a bunch of things about this before. Um, my husband and I watched a documentary. I have to find, I have to have him send me the link to the video he showed me. Um, it was amazing. There's also a Rick Steves uh, through PBS. I know he went there at one point and kind of talks about it. Um, but this, it's a church sort of. It is it's called Fontenelle Cemetery in Naples. That's kind of that's kind of weird, isn't it? Given that like the Fontenelle is like the hole in your head or something. Oh, is that born. what that is? The little yeah. like like the soft spot soft, when babies yeah. are born. The Fontenelle. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Weird. Some is, cave, isn't it? A cave or something? 16th century cave. Yeah, it's a limestone cave. It was carved out. Um, so it the skull cult. The Skull Cult. Yeah. So it came about at a really rough time in Neapolitan history. Um, there were three civil uprisings, um, three famines, three giant earthquakes, and five eruptions of Vesuvius around the same time in the 1600s. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. And after that, three epidemics, including the Great Plague of 1656. So during that time, about half the citizens of Naples were wiped out. Wow. And by the they, plague, right? Yeah. I mean, just all of these things, earthquakes, plagues, the volcano going off. Um, so you've got like fire and brimstone kind of stuff happening. And they didn't have enough burial space in the city. So they didn't want to keep putting more bones on top of more bones right around all of the churches. And they um, decided to find some kind of isolated burial spot outside of the city walls. Um, so they moved a lot of bodies and took a lot. There were so many deaths so quickly that they weren't all labeled. So they don't know who all of those people are. So they, they moved them. <laughs> aren't they referred to as little wretches or something? Oh, or, I don't know. I didn't see that. They're they're, they're anonymous, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's many anonymous graves down there, um, and they moved them to the catacombs just outside the city. But what I found interesting was that nowadays people go there and they adopt someone to pray for. So they go and they find these bones and they pray over them as if it's their own family member. Huh. Yeah. The idea, I think, is that uh, oftentimes you're doing it on their behalf so they can get out of purgatory more quickly. Yeah. 
And just so we know some numbers, yeah. it was it's 150,000 people that were killed. Half the population was 150,000, right? Yeah, about that's, that. Yeah. Damn, that's a lot of people. Okay. That, yeah, especially in those times. Right. The world wasn't as populous, so that was a big area. And they had a lot of casualties. I mean, anywhere people are concentrated, as we've seen even with COVID-19. Yeah. Concentrated areas of people are hit harder. Yeah. They didn't have the medical information we have now. So they weren't cataloged till the late like 19th century or something mm -hmm. or right? Uh, not all of the bodies. Just counting, right? They, they don't know the, the identities of these people. No. Right. They have an approximate number. It's really hard to get exact counts on. I mean, not all of them are whole either. Very similarly to the Paris catacombs. Huh. There's a lot of partial bones. I think Paris might be a little more detailed. Um, but this is an older, an older cave that was used for, to move all the bones. Now, in order to adopt, don't they like leave toys for children and coins or something? Yeah. Something, I mean, something, like something, little something? trinkets for anybody, okay. but as, as Dan was saying, they, it's like supposed to be like, this is your new friend in purgatory. Oh. So if you wind up in purgatory, they will lead you through. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a scratch your back, scratch mine, I'll scratch yours <laughs> kind of a situation here. Yeah. Hedge our bets. I'll visit your corpse if you like help me out in the afterlife. Yeah. Okay. Kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So do, how many people do they think were, are in this place? Is there, do you have any idea? I don't know. Well, 150,000 initially, right? All in there. I don't know oh, probably. Let me see. Let me see if I can get Wikipedia. I have it over here on this side. How many got, people? Because they kept piling them in until okay. the late 19th century, and then some father. So I guess. Oh I yeah, was, I see that. I see. I think I researched more than I said I did, but anyway. I know you did good. What else you got? That's all I got on that. It was like 1872. Um, God, what was the guy's name? Father something. something uh, yeah, what was the guy's name? Um, There's some hmm. cool images if I can share this with you. Oh, I just got a couple good. Okay, let's see. Uh, Father uh, Gaetano Bar Barbetti began Gaetano, cataloging. Yeah. Is that how you said? Mm -hmm. um, began cataloging and organizing the remains, stacking them on shelves and placing them in boxes. As the sorting took place, volunteers began praying for the deceased, beginning a long tradition of care and ritual and tales of miracles. Huh. Now, this is not even as big as the one in France, though, is it? No, not nearly. France yeah. is miles. I mean, it's... You said you went there, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's amazing. Do they have an estimation of how many in France? Oh. Millions? Sure like do. millions? Mm, yeah, maybe. That makes the sense. God, the pictures I've seen like thousands just in one picture. So. I'll send you guys a um, a link to watch our tour video. Oh, that'd be awesome. Jerry took film for a lot of, not film, but <laughs> a cell phone recording. <laughs> um, he was there with his crank camera and we went down into the catacombs. Yeah. It was great. You had the light. You were, Yeah. You were... I held the light for. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, at one point the tour guide shined his flashlight and you'd look and it was just like maybe 20 feet of bones to the wall. I mean, it's intense. Just piled it's, up. Yeah.
We saw a few people get scared and leave, but we're into it. We're like, we like wasn't those cold, dark was, underground places. Wasn't there something online where some guy went really deep into that, that one of those cave systems and he filmed it and something like chased him and he dropped his camera and then ran away. And the guy's been missing since that was like 10 or 15 years ago. Sounds like a creepy pasta to me. Yeah, probably was yeah. a creepy pasta, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. It was pretty creepy. People get scared easily in those kind of situations. I wouldn't. Uh, it's, no, I wouldn't. It's yeah. so nice down there. Oh, it's quiet. It's cool. I'd probably shit my pants. You kidding? <laughs> sounds really scary. It's like right out of no, an H.P. So Lovecraft not. story. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Oh, I found are pretty pretty cool though. I mean, I, I'm looking at a couple here, and I mean, different. We've sort of talked about it with the Cryonics episode that we did on Scatterbrain podcast, and yeah, different things we talk about how people just deal with it right and so what their belief again what their beliefs are and what they how they frame things that's what they do and so for them if they think that they're by default damned without getting some water and oil thrown on them and then if for, for because you thought something bad about so and so now you have to rot in purgatory <laughs> for a little while you know and eventually hopefully get out right so if it's it means if they can do these things that they think will benefit them later or help anyone, as you said, help me, I'll help you. Then perhaps you could see how that would become, come to be. You know, if you read the timeline, I found this one website. Uh, I'm just, I was looking at the timeline right now. Yeah. And it's like, you see it starting in the 1200s, 1274. Purgatory. Yeah. Purgatory was first defined right by the church. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, 1274. Holy shit. Uh, and then and it goes 1438 to 1443. Yep. Council of Florence added that the suffrages of the faithful still living were effect. How do you say that, Dan? Efficacious in a bringing souls in purgatory relief from such punishment. 1563. An yeah, additional. It goes decree. on, right? Yeah, it just goes on and on. It goes it all the way goes on and on. And they, they hone in, right? All the way up to 2010, where it says the Fontenelle Cemetery was reopened full time. Yeah, I want to go. That's one of my. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I may have told you I blab about this to everybody, but I qualify for Italian citizenship. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. Through my um, grandparents. And so the long term plan is to get citizenship, buy a property there, and eventually retire in Italy. And I, which, is, which is weird because your heritage is Chinese, right? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, this goes on and on. How they're, it does. You know, yeah. Look, like, looking. listen to this one. So, yeah, I want to hear Again, it. they start defining purgatory, what it is in the you know late 1200s, and then they hone in on it. And so then one of these guys decides at some point that uh, souls in purgatory could pray, help the living because they are closer to God than people on earth, you know? Yeah. It's like they're like closer. So what you know, year was that? I went to what's that? That was uh like 14. I say, where was it? 1438 or something. Yeah. Uh, Making me read. 1640. Uh, 1620s. Oh, okay. 1620s. Okay. Oh, 16. You know? Okay. But you have okay. groups of people dedicated to burying <laughs> them and, and praying for them right. and like trying to get them through and, and all that. And then you see just the development of that until <laughs> become 
you know, a group of volunteers doing it because then they, they feel like, oh, that's oh. going to benefit them as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's I see where, they start... where you got the 150,000 in 1656 to 58, the Black Death or Bubonic Plague right, devastated right. Naples. Yeah, killing half the city's inhabitants. So then there they... must be more than 150,000 down there. Way more because they start piling them on. Like here it says 1837 victims yep. of a cholera epidemic in Naples yep. were buried in mass graves around the city, including the Fontenelle Cemetery. Yeah. So that's a lot right there, too. So yeah, they're just running out of space. And yeah. So they're cramming people in. And, and there are mass yeah. graves in the United States as well. Um, I'm not sure exactly where all of them are located. I know that New York has quite a few um, outside of the city. Oh, here we go. 1969, Arch Archbishop of Naples in 1969, Corrado Ursi decreed that expressions of cult addressed to human remains were arbitrary, superstitious, and therefore inadmissible. What? Yeah. Whatever, dude. Thanks, Archie. And then 99th, <laughs> the Fontenelle Cemetery was closed after that. Yeah. Because he yeah. said so. Yeah. Well, time. the Catholic Church has a lot of power to do whatever they want. Did you know there's a different pope? There's like a second pope. I Do just heard about this recently. There is like an anti-pope. Look it up. What? Yes, look it up. It's the most bizarre thing. And there's actually a following. It's anti-pope. What do you mean the anti-pope? <laughs> he's like another pope and, and his followers say that he's the actual pope. What and is he? He, oh, he wears God. the opposite of the pope, like, like a he, string bikini or some shit. He wears the same stuff, but opposite colors. So huh. it's really weird. I just saw this. It could have been a really weird fever dream, but no, I'm pretty sure I got it right. I'm, I'm looking it up right now because I saw it in the last year and I went, what the fuck is this? And it's bizarre that he actually has followers, not like millions. Oh, and, interesting. And I'm mesmerized. So this, just looking at the, I mean, my three seconds of Wikipedia research here, but it looks like this started <laughs> in like 230s yeah ad right and so yeah. it's some it was just another branch it just at that point just branched off and he's like no we're right this guy's right instead of that well, other well i mean isn't that how yeah. exactly other yeah. sects uh, other cults if you will yeah. <laughs> but there's, like an, actual, Brian. there's yeah. an actual there's an actual guy right now though who is the anti-pope well just like there's a pope too he? so if they had they followed the trajectories right they each did their own independent well, he's right? like i'm the real pope Right, not so that guy. He has a successor, right? He's like, I'm Pope now. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see. Uh, boo, 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 boo. Where's the modern anti-Pope? Let me see his ass. Where is he? List of historic anti-Popes. Holy crap. Uh, wow. At this point, mid-11th century, the elections in which problems are harmonizing historical criteria and those of theology and canon law make it impossible to decide clearly which side possessed the legitimacy whose factual existence guarantees the unbroken lawful succession of the successors of St. Peter. Just uh, uh, let them fight a, to the a death. Spoiler, spoiler alert. None of them. Exactly. None of them. Yeah, none of them. Yep, exactly. Thus, because of the obscurities about mid-11th-century canon law and the historical facts, the Enonoro Pontifico lists Sylvester III as a pope without thereby expressing a judgment on his legitimacy. The Catholic Encyclopedia places him in its list of popes. Really? 
but with the annotation considered by some to be an anti-pope. Other sources what? classify him as an anti-pope. I have never heard of this before. Yeah, so there's people fighting to say, no, I'm actually the Pope. But here's the thing, mm -hmm. here's the catch. I'm actually the Pope. <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Anyone named Pope Sylvester, I don't believe him. You're not Pope if you're Pope Sylvester. Or, or are we supposed to call you Holy Father? I'm Pope Tweety Bird. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. The anti-pope. There is actually an anti-pope now, though, and I'm trying to he's find him. He's not really anti-pope. He's like he thinks he's the pope. It's a separate alter pope. Yeah, alternate yeah. reality pope. <gasps> Upside but down. But pope. he exists, and there is a following for him. Wow. Yeah. Is That's there a current anti-pope? And his name is Felix the <laughs> Fifth. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Felix the Fifth, Sylvester, and Felix. That is classic. I mean, maybe there is a Pope Tweety Bird. <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> so, what do, so these types of things, like this, the Fontenelle uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they. this is all sanctioned by the church, right? I know that sometimes in the church, um, they have strange things of what they do or do not want people to do. Yeah. Is it because these are just like, a lot of just unknown poor souls or and they're just trying yeah. to move them through or what's the well i think that? they're trying to make the best of a catacomb situation you know i think they're kind of like we need somebody to pray for these people you guys need to pray yeah. <laughs> pray for their lost souls you know it's what what really got me was more of the people going and and claiming these dead people as if they're their own family i thought that was kind of cool that at, at least like these unknown dead people are being mourned by someone whether or not their relatives still live in the area and i discovered a few years ago that los angeles has and i'm sure every every municipality has um a funeral once a year for all the unclaimed bodies from the morgue i had no idea yeah ours took place back in december i think it's every december i'm sure san diego has it and then so do they just cremate them and then yeah i think so because you know space wise yeah space wise <laughs> did, <it's a> little... <laughs> did you ever see that uh movie life stinks with mel brooks oh i think so Is i love this... that movie <laughs> Is this he's the a, one where he's like a producer of... Um, I would have never remembered that movie till you just said it. And I loved that movie when I was growing up. That was such... It's that awesome. one and uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. They came out, I think, about the same time. Remember that Steve Martin movie? Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? I don't know if I saw that one, actually. That's such an obscure that. one. It's just so weird. I'll have to well, check it out. But this one is hilarious. He plays this guy. I think I believe the character's name is Goddard Bolt. And he's a uh, real estate billionaire or whatever. And he sort of gets roped into this bet that he can't, that he can't, cannot survive 30 days living on the streets. And it's like all or nothing for this uh, big chunk of real estate that they want to gentrify, right? And yeah. it's like a comedy of him. And so there's this one part where, well, I don't want to say it, but it deals with something funny about the 
homeless or poor people getting cremated and what happens to them after the fact it's pretty funny oh you're worried about spoiling a movie from like the 90s i don't even know what year <laughs> for the 90s well there's this character called sailor and he's this <laughs> drunken old man because he was almost in the navy they call him sailor and so he, he dies right and so they've got him in this shoebox and they're standing in the la river <laughs> oh. and they're like all right sailor we'll We'll put him here, you know, in the the drain. That way, he'll eventually end up in the ocean. Oh and no! So they, <laughs> oh my God! So they like end up throwing him, like they throw it, like upwind. <laughs> so oh. it blows back all into their face. Oh. <laughs> they're like rest easy, sailor. You know, like dusting all the. <laughs> that <Hilarious>. happens <laughs> to probably so many people that misjudge the wind. See, Dan, it's not so bad that I said I wanted my ashes uh, to be eaten. (laughs) (laughs) People are eating ashes every day. Coming up, yeah. Coming out of the air, right? (laughs) Coming up and down. Oh, for sure. Okay. Especially in Los Angeles. Okay. You threw out an obscure movie with Life Stinks, right? And and I said, uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. That's Steve Martin. Another one from about the same time was... Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Vaguely. The the bad guy who can't pronounce any. You sons of bitches. You cork suckers. You fucking ice holes. I'm going to get you. Oh, man, if you saw it, you would remember it completely. That's a great movie. Those are all from the same period, 1984. What's the name again? Johnny Dangerously with Michael okay. Keaton. It came out right after Mr. Mom. I don't think uh, Life Stinks is that far back, though. Right? I think it might be. In the, ni- in the 90s. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, I believe. Is- mm. No. I think it Late be- 80s, maybe. 80s. Oh, I don't think it's that young or that. Get on the get on the Google. I'm, okay. I'm doing it right it. now. I'm doing it right now. I got it. Life Stinks. I, I remember loving that movie, though. <laughs> Pretty sure it's mid, mid-80s. Life's 1991, you're right. Yeah, 91. Whatever, Dan. I'm out of here. <laughs> I would have thought it was a little later, like 93, 94, but 91s, yeah. Wow. Well, oh, well, I did a lot of drugs back then, so you can't really. Wow, Mel Brooks is still kicking. Damn. Yeah, his, yeah. his son yeah. is uh, Max Brooks. Knock on. And he writes uh, some zombie stuff. Have you read any of his? Max Brooks's books are great. Yes, yeah. I have read them. Yes. Some favorites of mine. Yeah, I'm all about the zombie stuff. I didn't even know I had kids. Oh man. Yeah. Uh well, I don't know if he has kids. I know he has a kid. Max Brooks, huh? Yeah. What else has he done? Let's see. He did the World War Z, but not like the cheesy movie thing. He did like Yeah. It was more of an episodic kind of like little diary entries. Was it a f- in f- you mean film or TV? Um That's Max Brooks. How did yeah, I miss World that? War Z? Yeah, let me see if I get I have it right here. Hold on, let me see. Not the movie, but Holy shit, Max Brooks is younger than me. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. You That's could have been Mel Brooks's kid. Look at like, that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so you mean the book is, as opposed to yeah, the Yeah, as opposed to the yeah. movie. The movie, I, I didn't, couldn't even watch it because it looked so not what the book was because the book was just like written in little episodic chapters of what happened in various sections of the world at the zombie outbreak, right? Okay. And the movie okay. was some like dumb right the, Brad, yeah I, thing or something yeah yeah max was, Bro- oh max brooks devolution survive adapt kill 
New York Times bestseller. Huh. I'll always check. watch zombie stuff. I'm pretty much like, okay, I'll see it, you know, but yeah, even if I have sucks. low expectations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Netflix came out with something new. They sent me some notification about oh, some Kingdom. New zombie thing. Kingdom, the Korean uh, uh, zombie series is very good. Is it on Netflix? Yes. Obviously, South Korean. watched it. It's great. Yes. Let's see. Well, I mean, I. I don't think there's anything. North, I don't Korea, know. North Korea makes dog shit movies. So when you watch that yeah. stuff though, Marianne, uh-huh. do you do you analyze the makeup and all that stuff and the special effects, or can you just watch it or what? Yeah, yeah. I'm not overly judgmental because I know that when you work on a film set, they won't tell you everything ahead of time. <laughs> Oh, so so sometimes you get there and you like bring all the stuff for your kit. Like you read the script. You're like, okay, I know what I need. I need this stuff. A lot of times they'll tell you things and then you show up and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, um, can you do like an exploding head in like 15 minutes? <laughs> and it's just like. So how do you do that? You use a cantaloupe or something or. I mean, yeah, if you, you know. Cantaloupe and it depends an on what you, what time, what budget, where, how close you are to the grocery store. Okay, go, go. You got to do a grocery <laughs> store and then you got you got to find some fireworks. Okay, go. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to yeah. do? Tell me, tell yeah. me, tell me. You're going to explode that fucking melon like it's the last thing you ever did. You could always, you you can drill a hole in a melon and fill it with fake blood and it'll like look. What like, do you do to make it look like a face though? Like on the front? Just throw a mask on it or. You know, it oh, depends. Okay. You can carve it, it. You can it cover it in latex. <laughs> latex. See, I would have went with the latex. Thing yeah. Like Where are you going to get latex in the middle of the night and you got 15 minutes? Oh, latex you got to have in your kit. You're not. That's if you're doing special effects, uh, you got to have some duh, liquid latex you in your yeah. kit. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid so, latex. Um, I keep, well, I used to keep. Um, I was going to say, where's the your kit? wax that they use to sculpt um, in like mortician's wax. Oh, okay. you can easily sculpt a face out of that pretty easy. what do you use for eyeballs glass eyeballs eyes? i'm trying to, you, i haven't really had to it depends it depends do you mean like do you have glass eyes eyeball kit? has to be dangling out of their face sure or, sure or like during the explosion say it's in slow motion the eyeballs pop I out as the head make explodes an eyeball oh well, like an active eyeball popping out is a little more complicated yeah <laughs> nowadays well, but, you yeah. can do a lot with cgi so i think a lot of times they just go straight for that that yeah. was my next I've question seen, did you I've do a lot of cgi people. or was it a lot of analog stuff you know what i did was all like just hand, like, like yeah, low budget yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> i've seen puppets, some stuff yeah. where they they do like chunks of the face and like just like flat green uh-huh. And then they do everything else up and yeah. then they do it after the fact, you know. Like, or oh. they do phosphorescent dots on their yes. face. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. And the computer can pick that up and they can just add, uh, I think like the Harry Potter villain was that way. And that was kind of, maybe that was like the starting of when things were going in that direction. Now they can do so much with CG, but when I was doing stuff, it was mostly like low budget, you know, like um, there's a, a great film called guns don't kill people that I did. And the guns did kill people in that movie. There was, so a lot you of did, you did the special effects or helped with the special effects on a movie called guns don't kill, keep, kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big, okay. Film. I got to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Oh, if, if you can get it on Vimeo or that's a great Vimeo. one. 
It, it wouldn't be on Netflix, right? Let's see, I'm looking at it. Uh, no, no, it's not. I don't think it's on Netflix. Oh, you won an Oscar oh, for that. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Does it, is it Guns Don't Kill People I Do or no? No, let me see if I can find it. The guy oh, who directed that and produced that um, does political cartoons for The New Yorker and stuff and like Mad Magazine. Oh, Mad Magazine. I, I have Mad Magazines going back to the 50s. Awesome. That's I, one I of my collect favorite. them. They're, they're in like sealed boxes and, and they don't do them anymore, man. I, yeah. I had a, a subscription until probably 2010. Well, yeah, I, I gotta go back. See, oh, Ivan Ellers. Yeah, here it okay, is. Okay, I got it. It's on IMDb. Rodney Rincon. Yeah, I there do. it is. <laughs> yeah, you can. Three twelve. An hour. Is this just the trailer? Uh, let's see. Two thousand twelve. Yeah, that was back in twenty twelve. Rodney Rincon, Chris Bono, Rudy Kessler. But where can you watch it? Yeah. Filmed in San Pedro. San Pedro, that's where I saw Andrew. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and, we were and all over LA. town on the train tracks. And that film is wonderful. I wonder where you can get it. I'm I may to have to email $14,000 budget. That sounds about right. It was wow, like, that is low. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> that is un yeah. that's like not even one person's salary. Uh-huh. Oh well, I didn't make, I mean... I'm in school to become an accountant, so, you know. Oh, I recognize Chris Bono. Yeah. He, he plays Gilbert. Okay. Yes. I wonder what he got. He probably got paid $13,000. <laughs> <laughs> Who else got pizza? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Where is, how can we see it? Wow. I may have to send you a link. Let me see if the, there's another movie I worked on that was called how Jake. Can... That was really cool. J-A-N-K-D. What was it called? Janked. Janked. I can't believe you could make a movie on $14,000. Oh, well, you can. It's just you have to know people who love you very much and are willing to take lots and lots of time. Ivan is a fantastic dude. Um, and I met um, I met all those San Pedro film people through a very dear friend of mine who, who died, actually, back to death. Um, my friend Brian passed away at 30 years old. He was, oh, he, shit. he was the director of photography for that film. And he was just an awesome dude. I mean, when he was in school at Cal state long beach, I did a lot of makeup for the student films uh, at that time. Why can you sucks. see janked? Huh. How do you, uh, did, now you worked on that one too? Janked. Yeah. J A N K E D 2011. Why did you stop doing that? Because that sounds almost like a dream job in a way. Uh, it sounds like it, but I mean. Well, she was just telling you about the $14,000 budget, Ian. <laughs> right, right. So you yeah. have to be have to be very passionate about it, obviously. Um, you have to be passionate. You know, the thing is, like, when I was doing makeup, I wasn't on it with the social media stuff. And that was, like, right at the beginning of when everything was switching over to you have to have a website, you have to do all this stuff. And I was terrible about taking pictures of my work. Oh. Um, there's people out there probably have a lot of really cool shots and, and things of, of different things I did that I just like didn't document well. Um, 
at that time, believe it or not, I was not great at accounting. And I could have, when I went to special effects school, there wasn't a lot of instruction on how to make sure you get paid. Um, and I mean, in the Hollywood industry, there's some people who won't pay you. I got stiffed a couple times and not in a good way. Um, so sucks. yeah, so, so there's that, um, yeah, it just so I just wasn't. I just realized we're turning your your podcast into a scatterbrain sort of podcast. So you want to get back it. to the cult of the dead? Nah, I mean okay. whatever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> whatever, right? I, <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, it's just you know, podcasting is all about conversing. You know, we talk about death, and I talk about death every episode. So it'll be we're gonna we're gonna hear it. It's gonna be like the the, the twelve second clip slapped onto the end <laughs> of an episode, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll uh Steven Steven will do some magic and it'll sound like a podcast. <laughs> it'll be like a five minute episode. Anyway. <laughs> Even snip, a short episode's snip. good. I mean, like I we you mentioned uh in the past that you liked the length of the episodes as they were getting shorter. And I think that's good, which makes me happy because I was worried about having to uh, be on my own talking for long periods of time. Sure. Yeah. Right. Now there's a, when Ian and I started, we, we, we were about what Ian, we were shooting for 35, 45 minutes. Yeah. 35 to 45. Cast, yeah. Yeah. Cast that definitely under an hour. It's yeah. very hard to keep it under an hour. Sometimes Well, I read know. that the well, average commute is like 20 minutes. So oh, I kind of thought that's really? kind of a good amount of time. I mean, that's, when I was commuting right, yeah. to work, my commutes were more like 45 plus. I mean, Los Angeles, it's like you're going 10 miles and you're going to be there in an hour. So, um, yeah, I listened to a yeah, lot my, of podcasts. And... My last job was an hour there, an hour and back. So, yeah. Yeah. Now it's my, you know, I go 10 minutes and I'm at work, which is awesome. Oh, but, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it seems like 45 minutes is like the perfect length, but it's so hard to keep it to that. Yeah. especially when you get especially when you get a really good conversation going everyone's just going at it you know and then you look yeah. up and it's an hour into it and you're like ah shit yeah and it's yeah. hard to stop it's hard to stop it you know <laughs> like oh we got to wrap it up now like last night right Dan? yeah what oh, are your you thoughts know, on the part ones part twos what do you think about that kind of thing marianne well i i mean as you know i did that on my last uh i broke it down into two part of it was i was listening to it and i was like there's good stuff and then I'm always iffy about things. I'm like, is this interesting? Should I cut this out? My my dad is actually one of my biggest fans. Um, hi, dad. I know you're listening. Um, he listens to my episodes. My dad walks five miles a day. So he goes on these long walks and he's listening. And I'll be in the backyard gardening. And he has the Steve uh, trail in the backyard which is that during the pandemic, he was walking in the perimeter and it made like a little trail. Like your dog that goes around the edge of the fence. Oh, the dog doesn't do that. Just my dad. The dog is lazy as shit. He's just, <laughs> Ren's like sitting in the grass. Like he's trying to find poop to eat or roll in, um, which is a dog's dream. But um, so my dad will be walking around and I see him like <laughs> laughing. And then he's like, that was good. That episode you did. I really like that. So. Um, so yeah, as far as two parter parters go, I, I think it's cool. Break it down into two. Okay, good. Cause we're doing that next. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Why not make it a two parter? Yeah. Why not? 
gives you a little extra time to, uh, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, I'm struggling. I mean, as you, I was do, cranking them out every week for a while. And now I'm kind of like slowing down to every other week right now while school's a little crazy. I think just staying on it. It doesn't, you know, we, we Ian and I shoot for once a week and we've been pretty good about that. Yeah. But, you, know, you know what I, I read recently that, um, to, uh, let's see, 20, 25% of all podcasts that come out, like new podcasts, only do one episode. So yeah. you, you heard that too? I have actually, I was following when we first started, um, we, we didn't know what the hell to do. So Heather was like reaching out to podcasts and being like, oh, check ours out. We'll check yours out. And I went back and I looked at a lot of their Instagram pages and most of them aren't doing yeah. anything, you know? Yeah. So the point was that if you do more than one podcast, you're automatically a winner. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, if you're having fun. You know, that's really... I mean, as long as I have one or two people listening, I'm going to keep, I'll keep that's, talking. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. You know? <laughs> and the friendships we've made is worth more than money as far as I'm concerned. Oh, totally. Yeah. I agree. I Dan agree. doesn't agree. Dan doesn't agree. <laughs> Dan's He's like, like, we need money. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard it, Ian. I, I complained to Marianne all day the other day. We talked for 20 minutes and I spent 18 of them bitching about how like, we need to make more. And then oh, it's, you can oh, totally yeah. do it. You need something to wrap it up. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you guys tell my vast listeners group of fans? I don't know. Uh, the listenership. Who you are and where to find you. And Well, you can find Scatterbrain Podcast at Scatterbrain Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Scatterbrain Pod SD is in San Diego. You can find us on the usual streaming platforms or go to scatterbrainpodcast.com and you'll find all the links there. And how about TikTok? No. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't have a TikTok either. Dan said it sucks. I don't know about, uh, you know, um, some of my fellow students have tried to convince me to get on TikTok and I just, I can't like, I don't. It's very strange. It reminds me of Snapchat. Someone tried to, someone I worked with at Hallmark. Did you, did I tell you guys I worked at Hallmark? No. The card store. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cheerful place for me. Um, My dream job. Oh, really? No. Well, I worked at Spencer's <laughs> Gifts, if that's any Do you better. Enjoy counting change. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's is cool. I mean, there's like interesting stuff to see. Hallmark is sort of similar, but it's like tame. Um, aren't they kind of like, a, they're like a sex cult too, aren't they? What, Hallmark? Yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's another episode. <laughs> I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. Scatterbrain death. Scatter, scatter die. Scatterbrain death. Scattered everything. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening, go check out Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain's my favorite podcast. I listen to them all the time. And it's like hanging out with friends. It's a good time. We've done a bunch of crossover episodes now, too. I think there's three episodes on Scatterbrain that I visited uh, for. Those are some of my favorite Scatterbrain episodes, actually. They're great. We talked about zombies. We talked about... Cryonics. Cryonics and near-death experiences. Was the last one, yeah. yeah. Great episodes, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have you guys back on here at some point uh, with a little more organization. Maybe. maybe we'll be more focused. Possibly. We'll maybe. see. We'll see. It's still fun. Thank you for listening to Death is Everything. If you like the podcast, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at 
D period, I period, E period, underscore cast, and on Twitter at Death Every Cast. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, go ahead and shoot us an email at death is everything podcast at gmail.com. We're dying to hear from you.